Problem Gambling podcast is proudly sponsored by Gamban, the simple and effective way to block access to online gambling on all your devices. If willpower slips, Gamban doesn't. Go to gamban.com to find out more. If you would like to support this podcast, as well as our frontline treatment, prevention and helpline services, please consider donating €5 Euros per month using the link in the episode description. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Problem Gambling Podcast. I'm Barry Grant, an addiction counsellor with Extern Problem Gambling. And my co-host is Tony O'Reilly, also an addiction counsellor with the project and the co-author of the book, Tony 10. And our guest today is a senator from the Labour Party, Senator Mark Wall, uh, who's a member of Shannon Aaron and a former county councillor. And Mark, along with his Labour Party colleague, Deputy Aon O'Reardon uh, has drafted a very interesting, from our perspective, and radical and innovative uh, piece of legislation that was is proposing a ban on gambling advertising. So uh, there's a consultation process going on at the moment as we record this. It's going to be finishing up this week. Uh, and we were very happy to have Mark come in and join us today. So thanks a million, Senator Wall. Can we can we call you Mark? Can we dispense yeah, with the, call, the title? Definitely call me Mark. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Delighted to be here and thanks for the invite. Thanks a million, Mark. And well, listen, for people who don't know, can you just give us a brief outline of what you're proposing in terms of the, the legislation. Yeah, I, I suppose this started, Barry, about six months ago, uh, a conversation that started at home with friends and family uh, about the number of gambling advertising that we were seeing, ads, ads that we were seeing on television. And then that developed into a conversation with colleagues in the Rockus, um, you know, probably again a month after that, you know, and as we sat around uh, having a general conversation about what was happening in Ireland, the, the one topic that kept, kept coming up was gambling. And within in that particular uh, topic was the amount of ads that that people were seeing, um, not just under television, but through through their social media and through their laptops, etc. And it, it is something that once we developed um, that particular conversation, we found that there were so many people who were talking about it and were seeing it. And I suppose the one thing that struck me since we published the draft legislation is the amount of people that are actually seeing this. Uh, it's there all the time. And as we as we all know in this conversation, 75% of, of football matches, GA matches, whatever match you are looking at, will have a gambling ad surrounding it. Uh, but, you know, people were probably getting more aware of it when, when we started this conversation, uh, that it's there and, and, and it's been targeted at you. Uh, so as a result of those conversations, we've develop, developed, as you say, a draft piece of legislation. Uh, and we hope to ban gambling advertising um, through media, uh, through all sorts of platforms associated with media and online as well. Uh, and that, that is, as you say, is going through a draft legislation piece at the moment. Uh, coupled with that, there's a public consultation where we're inviting the public to come uh, to us and, and, and give us their uh, issues surrounding gambling and, and how they feel and how they're affected by it. And we've got a very good take up on that. And obviously, the more information that we can get around that, the better that we can develop some ideas uh, from a legislative point of view, which is always important in fairness to, to back up the great work uh, that yourself and Tony are doing on the ground. And just in terms of when you're talking about a complete ban on gambling, because sometimes the devil is in the detail in these things. And obviously, you know, there's a process and has to go through all the different stages in the Oireachtas and people can propose amendments and so on and so on. But I mean, obviously, you're going to start with your best draft, your best case scenario, and then 
see see how it goes <laughs> as it progresses through, through the stages then uh, just again in terms of the detail are you talking about a complete and utter across the board ban uh, newspaper television radio online you name it everything yeah we are um that that's where we're aiming for um yes we've included print we we've included billboards advertising outside the train stations we're we're all aware of that uh, as you know but also through through as you say all all forms of media uh, your radio your tv and obviously online as well um and we just feel that the saturation and the amount of advertising uh, gambling advertising that's coming at everybody at the moment is simply not on like one of the biggest issues that we've faced uh, during this lockdown is the amount of parents that have come to us they're saying when they are actually homeschooling their children they're actually getting ads thrown at them and their children some as young as six and five in one case that that, that contacted us are asking questions what does that represent and that's very hard for somebody who's trying to homeschool a, a child etc at that stage and it, it really shouldn't be um, that gambling advertising is available or, or in the face of a child at, of that age or at any age of, of a child I, I would say uh, Barry you know and that's the reason why we're pushing this uh, for a complete ban. Um, I know that the control of gambling bill that the government have proposed since 2013 and various governments uh, has a watershed in it, but we believe that there needs to be a complete ban given the problems that we're seeing. And obviously you, you lads are seeing as well in, in Ireland at the moment that there needs to be a complete ban on advertising just to take it out of the public eye at the moment. So, Obviously, you're preaching to the choir here and we're in our little echo chamber and we, we are very supportive of what you're trying to do. But I suppose for the purpose of trying to tease out some of this stuff, because, I mean, you're going to you're going to get uh, part, people from other parties are going to come up with their kind of ideas or the, the, their thoughts about this. Uh, many people are going to be against it within, within the various government parties. You're going to, I imagine, if it hasn't already started, I have a few very vocal and powerful and wealthy and influential lobby groups having a word in your ear or having a word in other people's ears, uh, endeavoring to get their uh, their side of things across, which, of course, that's that's perfectly legitimate yeah. uh, for people to do that. So let's just for the sake of argument, because just to clarify, you're not talking about sponsorship here. So no. we're, we're taking sponsorship off the table and. Sponsorship isn't, let's say, okay, most of, the, of our listeners are in Ireland, but people will be listening in different parts of the world, the UK and the, the States and Canada and other places as well. I mean, the biggest sporting body in the country voted a couple of years ago not to accept gambling sponsorship. So they're off the table. That's the GAA. Uh, the FAI recently said that they would not take on a gambling sponsor as one of their main sponsors. So that's two of your biggest sporting bodies in the country straight off the bat are out of the sponsorship equation. And there's a bigger issue with that in the UK, especially around the Premier League. But So we're not talking about sponsorship. So the organisations that it's most likely to hit uh, will be the broadcasters and print media. Sarah, it's going to be a big one and they will be influential and they would employ a lot of people and there'll be a lot of money involved there. And then obviously the gambling industry who want to sell their product, mm-hmm. right, which is a legal product, you know, even though it's an over 18s product and we know it can be a very addictive product. It is legal for them currently to sell yep. their product. Yep. right? So what let's say the broadcasters are coming to you and going, 
you're, there's going to be a massive hole in our finances if we take away all this gambling advertising. I mean, news talk to give but one example. There, are, I'm not don't want to single them out necessarily, but I would regularly listen to that station. Uh, would have a gambling sponsor on their ha- twice hourly sports bulletin. So that's twice an hour all through the day. That's on top of all the other gambling ads and promotions that are on there, right? So that's going to be a big chunk of change for them. I would imagine, I mean, around this time last year, coming up to Cheltenham or the week of Cheltenham, one of the, the, the main national tabloid papers in Ireland had a radio ad advertising free bets in the newspaper for Cheltenham that week. I put up a tweet saying uh, you've broken the, the advertising standards rules by not saying that it's an over 18s product and directing people to a, a source of information for, for gambling addiction support. Uh, within minutes, the guy, the marketing guy from that newspaper was phoning me saying, please <laughs> back off because their entire quarter, their financial quarter depended on the, the revenue that they got from Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah. Right. So w- in that context, sorry, that was very long winded, but I, I suppose I'm trying to put the context around it because you're going to be dealing with these guys in that context. What is your counter argument to them or what are you going to say to them? Yeah, look, look, a very important question, Barry. Like the first thing to say is that already we've received a lot of cross-party support. Indeed, a number of, of government senators have already spoken in the Shannon about their support uh, for a ban on gambling advertising. And that, that's only been in the last number of weeks. And there's also been a number of independent senators who've raised the whole gambling uh, issue, if I can say that, uh, over the last couple of weeks as well. So we feel, you know, that this would have a wide support cross-party, cross-political group. Uh, and that's important. So that's the first thing to say. I suppose in relation to the funding, um, my own opinion and the opinion of the Labour Party is that we can never justify, you know, the, the mental health issues that arise from gambling uh, on funding. And there is conversation to be had. And I suppose uh, we haven't yet been hit by the, the media outlets in relation to, to their funding, but we have been asked the question uh, in relation to where the sports funding is going to come from. Uh, and my answer to that is, you know, we've previously seen what's happened with the tobacco and the alcohol industry, who were the main sponsors of, of, the, of the sports industry. And when they left and rightly left the, the scene of that sponsorship, uh, then that they were replaced by others. And we do feel that that uh, will happen here as well. Having said that, there does need to be a conversation re- regarding sports uh, supports in this country. And, uh, you know, we have the, the Horse and Greyhound Fund, which is one such support. Uh, and I know a number of people have spoken to me about that, of what they would like to see uh, happening there um, and how that, that may, may be a source of funding, uh, uh, you know, in, into sport. Because the problem, and just, I suppose, to finish, I suppose that the problem is, that unfortunately gambling have associated and very closely interlinked themselves with sport and what we feel in the Labour Party and what I feel personally is that 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 should be broken and broken very quickly because I want to enjoy my sport again uh, without having an ad or the potential to open up a free account placed in my face or or on my laptop or on my TV screen Um, you know the conversations that I have now in my WhatsApp groups uh, with with my friends are about how many bets we had uh, or or they had uh, rather than the quality of of the GA match uh, you know or, or the quality of the soccer match it's it's it, it, it kind of has developed into who's going to get the next goal and you know that a certain company are, are, are saying that that person will be 10 to 1 or whatever money on whatever it is and and the, the enjoyment of sport has 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 diminished as a result of that and that's deliberate obviously 
by the gambling uh, companies, you know, to, to that association. So uh, the justification for me can never be, you know, around the fact that 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 association needs to be to be urgently broken that we all get back to enjoying our sport for the skills that are on show and uh, for the support that you do whether you're a Liverpool supporter like I am or a Kildare GA supporter like I am more than that so that's where I need to get back and that's what that that's why we had those conversations I suppose you know five or six months ago that people were when we sat around those tables uh, unfortunately socially distanced at this stage but uh, the conversations were going around you know you never hear anybody talking about the skills involved or that was a great match the conversations now are, are completely around, you know, uh, did your ACA come in or did you, you know, did, did, did you get on to that particular bet? And that's deliberate by the sports companies and unfortunately it has made its way into uh, our social conversation as well. Uh, so the conversation needs to change. Uh, there is, an, and to answer your question, there is an immediate uh, uh, conversation to be had in relation to sports funding in this country. Um, and also, in, I, I would also add into that, uh, as I said, the media outlets haven't chased us on that yet, but we also need to to have that conversation in relation to the media outlets. I know the local the local papers at the moment are having serious problems in relation to their funding, etc., and their advertising funding. So we need to look at that centrally as well because they play a vital role. Um, so look, um, those conversations need to be had, but our, our, our argument in relation to that we can never justify the mental health and health problems that, that gambling has, has caused uh, for, for the sake of actually somebody sponsoring something. Well, again, you know, you're, I agree with you 100%, but I suppose that we're just trying to, to tease out those arguments because, okay, I mean, you mentioned that the horse racing Greyhound Fund there, like we, three or four years ago, together with the, the Rutland Centre, lobbied to have a portion of that betting duty funding which is linked to the horse racing greyhound fund allocated to addiction services it seemed like a no-brainer we had support from a few different uh, parties within the oireachtas for that and i think we we got as close as within an ass's roar of actually getting that over the line although it did not happen and uh, you know there's an argument there where the legislation currently says that the, the fund for the horse racing greyhound fund shall be equivalent to the money that's raised through the betting duty, that could just as easily be changed to equivalent to half of the money that's raised through the betting duty, and then the other half could go to soccer, Gaelic, other sports, perhaps even a fund for gambling addiction or not, if people didn't want to do that, because yeah. there's a social fund that's supposed to come down the line if we ever see the gambling control bill yeah. enacted. But, mm. you know, I think a lot more people are making that argument. The GAA are making it strongly. Uh, the FAI are making it. I think it's difficult at this point to justify allocating the entire fund from betting duty to horse racing and greyhound racing which would have been what most people bet on back in the yeah. day but that situation has changed mm. radically anyway we might be getting slightly off point there but that is i think that's important because when people start making the argument about funding for sporting bodies it, you know there's a fund there <laughs> that it yeah. could be done it's being done for horse racing and greyhound racing and most of the money goes to prize money it doesn't go to the actual operation of the sports, if you want to call them sports. Yeah. Tony, any thoughts there? Because I mean, like this is something as 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 addiction counselors that the advertising bit of it is something that comes up with the people that we work with all the time. It can be a huge trigger to relapse. Yeah. It can be the thing that triggers a person getting into gambling in the first place, especially free bets, because 
unlike you know the cigarette companies, the alcohol companies, even the chocolate bar companies, you know what I mean? None of those companies of of those types of products that can be addictive to some people some of the time, they can't deliver their product to your phone instantaneously, yeah. like click, click. Like you can't just hit your phone and a Mars bar pops out. That doesn't happen. But at three o'clock in the morning, you can go bang, bang, and you can be on betting on sports in some other part of the world, betting on virtual sports 24-7, online casino 24-7. So like that online gambling thing is a game changer and it is exceptional. Online gambling is an exception in terms of the type of addictive products that we haven't really seen before. It's a new thing. And I suppose it requires some sort of exceptional intervention there. This is the kind of thing that you're yeah, proposing. Absolutely. Mm. Tony, what are your thoughts around this? Yeah, just listening to Tui talking about um, over the last couple of minutes, there's a mixture of anger rising within me, a mixture of kind of definitely agreeing with what Mark was saying about the, it's become so normalized. Um, and that's like what I think the problem is. It's become so normalized in our conversations, in our how we talk about sport and how we experience the sporting event. And like I've talked very openly before about the fact that it took me at least two years to enjoy watching football again. Um, it probably didn't help that Liverpool weren't going great at the time. But um, I no, it took me a while to really enjoy it for what it was. And what I've noticed then, as you said, over especially since last March when the start of the lockdown, it's like it, it's come to saturation points. We're being bombarded. And it's great that people are starting to talk about it now. Like myself and Barry have worked in this area of course. for years. And we've, we've seen it. We've seen it all the time. Um, <clears throat> but what we are seeing now is that more people are talking about it because it, it's like they're, nearly the victim of their own success that they're you know, the marketing is after increasing and their Declan Lynch always talks about about um you know they had the half the population they had the male population nearly sewn up but now they wanted to go after the rest they wanted to go after the women and even the children um in their advertisement and and that's why the the types of games and the types of gambling have definitely changed since like over the la- even over the last 10 years have really changed and kind of morphed into something that's, that's really attractive to, to everyone. Um, in regard to what you were talking about in, about the, the funding for it, there should be part of that ring fenced for, um, treatment. It's a no brainer. Like it's just, this is tax that's been paid on it. It should be, it should be, in my opinion, anyway, it should be some bit ring fenced towards treatment while we're waiting on the social fund, because we're seeing it day in, day out. My my own addiction came to light nine and a half, ten years ago, and the same failings are still there yeah. from the from the companies. That there hasn't been anything really changed in all that time. I know we have a. I know um, <clears throat> one of the bookmakers is talking about bringing in credit card, um, the ban on credit card betting at the start of April and and proposing giving more money to it. But it's nothing has changed. We're still seeing that you know, people's lives are being devastated by this and. Again, myself and Barry would always say we're not anti-gambling in any shape or form. We're, you know, you want it on a level playing field where you're not being bombarded with gambling ads when you're watching a sporting event. Like it, as if someone in recovery, it doesn't really bother me as much when the ads come on. But then at the very odd time, when you do see that one where they're describing a certain thing that happened within the game, it can get you thinking about that. I'll use Liverpool, Man, Man City a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago at this stage, where... You know, Ray Winston comes on at a, or before the match and say Liverpool to win or Man City to win 2-1 is whatever it was, 8 or 9 or 10 to 1. And while it didn't, it didn't, I didn't think about during the match. It's only when De Bruyne missed the penalty to make it 2-1. I thought, oh, geez, that bet would have come up. 
Um, and you know, like I, I, I spoke very openly with some clients there last week about even myself when I was on a, a workshop last week and I'm checking the score of the Man City game against Everton and I'm checking it and then, you know, 99 times out of hundred, I will not even click into anything. And I just found myself clicking into the bet three, six, five ticker on the bottom of the live score app to kind of see, or just check what price it would be for over 3.5 goals. Now I catch myself and I pull myself back. I didn't act on it. But then I, I'm thinking about that then during the game because it's it's there in front of me. It was it was just one of those moments where subconsciously I go in and kind of go, oh, I wonder how much I would win if I put this in. And, you know, many times in recovery, if I wasn't in a good space in my recovery, I might be tempted to put that money on because it represents being able to buy a new set of gates outside or whatever I want to spend the money on. But what it did was it changed how I checked the result. And I was looking at the result and I'd saying, geez, they did win 3-1. It would have been, the bet would have been up. So it gets me thinking in that way. So as in most of the time, advertisement won't bother me. But even there, within a certain situation, you you are you can be drawn into it. And for people in recovery, that can be an absolute disaster. As myself and Barry would, you know, would, would definitely see a lot of times in our um in our work. But the real one I'm worried about is how it's normalised within children. My, my I said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, my my ten year old turned around one day and said, "Oh, is that the Paddy Power ad?" She should know what the power is. Um, now I will explain to her about my own story and I'll explain to her about gambling and time, but she should know what party power and she shouldn't be looking forward to seeing the ad. Um, like we know, we talk about soccer shirts, we talk about this with on the podcast the other week as well, Barry. That it's ingrained in us that the sponsorships for when we were growing up, like Crown Paints, JVC, um, Sharp, all these different products. So people are children are being their heroes are wearing gambling advertisement so it will be ingrained so that, that then when they are at an age when gambling comes into them it's like normalized or oh, this must be a thing that's healthy and associated with, with football and i know um james grimes from the big step in the uk like always talks about that, how he thought it was it was part of the experience and a safe thing that you know that they had his back as i suppose as such that it was a safe thing to do and like a certain cohort of people and i do think the figures that we have are very conservative a certain cohort of people will be at risk will be developed serious problems will will get to the stage where it becomes a disorder or a, an addiction and they're the people we need to protect as a as you know, the government needs to protect that the industry needs to put things in place to protect them and at the moment that's not been done and advertisement i think is a big part of that if we can start the conversation around around gambling which which i, I don't know what, what barry thinks is but there's definitely a shift over especially since lockdown there's been a big shift and people are are nearly getting fed up of it and they're nearly getting fed up being bombarded with the gambling messages but that's been happening all along it's just that people i think are spending more time on their yeah. phones or their laptops so it's it's a mixture of an increase in the marketing strategy but also an increase in the amount of time we're spending maybe on devices that we're seeing these things more often and i think it is it's worrying that we're you know our next generation growing up um and you know even our our young adults now gambling is so normalized within their lives that there will be a percentage of people will become highly addicted to it and at the same time we don't have the resources to really educate properly or treat properly the problem that's there i can just even touch on quickly on what barry was saying like you won't ever see a newspaper arriving through the door with a cigarette and a match taped to the front of it <laughs> um but you will see a five euro bet or you'll get it on your phone or you'll get an opportunity to gamble um, and curiosity will always will always kind of get the better of you mm -hmm. And what happens is then I was doing a school talk and I mentioned it before in um, uh, just before Christmas in, in a group of TY students. 
and half the class of 20 that I was uh, presenting to had online accounts and were gambling regularly at age 14, 15. Um, so it's normalized. It's 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 a natural thing to do for that age cohort. And if you look at the more people that gamble, the more people are going to develop problems with it, especially if they're not doing if they're doing it at a younger age where the brain might have developed as much as it does. I think it's age 25 when the brain is nearly fully cognitively developed. So we have a huge, we have a ticking time bomb out there, and I'm not here at the anti gambling brigade and all this. And I'm sure people may think that obviously at times, but this thing is absolutely at tipping point at the moment, and it's great that yourselves are are bringing this to light. Um, so yeah, that's my rant. For <laughs> the- <laughs> I fell back a bit there, but uh, that's my rant. <laughs> that was the cleaned up version. Yeah, I mean, Mark, in terms of just before we came on air, uh, we were talking a little bit about the kind of feedback that you've been getting from people. Obviously, we can't go into specifics. You don't want to identify anybody. But just generally, the sort of feedback that you're getting from people since you you launched this uh, draft bill and uh, opened up the consultation process. I mean, is it mostly positive towards the ban? Are you getting a lot of pushback from people? What sort of stuff are you getting? Yeah, like, and thanks, Tony, for that. Um, yes, Barry, I suppose, like... The, the generality of it is that people, as I say, have become aware, and, and Tony has mentioned that, uh, particularly through lockdown, they've become aware of the amount of uh, ads uh, this, that, that are targeting their subconscious, and that, that's exactly what's happening. Um, and, and we've got a lot of support on this, um, and a lot of people uh, you know, are tweeting and, and have started that conversation that Tony mentions about about gambling and how it's affecting them and how suddenly they're seeing you know, that they're being inundated. So we, we've had a lot of support on this. We've had a lot of different groups as well uh, from various uh, regions of Ireland who've come on to us, from student groups, etc. And, and we, we will do another chat with them tomorrow on, on, on what we our bill is. Um, but there's different sectors as well who have contacted us. And, and there's no doubt that this is affecting every sector in Ireland. There's nobody um, you know, for, that, that are not being affected from this. And Tony is right. The amount of women who now are developing, unfortunately, an addiction is increasing. That's what we have seen um, in our limited time in the last number of weeks and months that we've uh, looked at this, uh, that that is increasing. And obviously, it's delivered as well, again, uh, by the gambling companies that they're targeting uh, women in, in this way. And I know we had a, a chat with Oshin McConville last week, and he, uh, no more than yourselves, is also seeing this happening um and, and that is also deliberate so um the feedback has been positive that people want uh, the saturation to stop basically and um, they don't want their children as tony said to be asking them questions about gambling at such a young age and rightly so um and and there's a lot of support out there to, to get this done and people have asked us about other issues i suppose in relation to gambling um and and y- you mentioned the gambling control bill and that 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 will come true. Uh, you know, the government are, are saying that you know mid middle of the year they're going to put that. It can't come through quick enough from from a lot of people's point of view. But we just feel that you know the the starting point here is to is to ban gambling ads and um, to take that out of the public psychic at the moment. And then we can look at everything else. Uh, and you know the feedback uh, is positive. A lot of people want to see it done. Uh, and again, I, I say like the, the amount of people that have come on to us that are saying that they didn't realise how they were being targeted. And if you look at social media at the moment, since we launched this campaign, the amount of people that are targeting ourselves and indeed yourselves and saying that, um, you know, that they're sitting, they're working from home. And obviously the lockdown has meant that so many people are working from home. And if you're working from home uh, and, you know, you're, you're, you're in uh, and you're looking at your screen for hours on end and suddenly somebody offers you, uh, as Tony says, a free bet, 
you will explore that and that's unfortunately the way that they're being targeted so look that the feedback has been positive and people want uh, the saturation to stop and that that that's what we've been getting back so far about yeah and it's it's interesting you made a good point there the, about you know p- people you know during covid lockdown we're working a lot of people who are definitely lonely they're sad they're stressed they're depressed they're loads of you know under a lot of financial pressure in some cases uh, and you know the ads can be targeted at you so i mean we're all spending a lot more time probably than is good for us on our social media right so if you're of a certain age maybe you follow a football club then the advertisers will go well look let's just throw some gambling ads at this person because they're a good bet for for excuse the pun for actually acting on this marketing right because they know marketing works and they know the targeted marketing works even better rather than just this kind of scattergun approach where you put it on television and five percent of the people who watch it will be interested where you can just direct it specifically to certain people and and there's an acronym from the the 12 step meetings halt hungry angry lonely and tired so if if you're any one of those things or a combination of some of those things you're much more prone to act impulsively I mean, in the context of the 12 step meetings is about relapse, but, you know, it could be about having that extra whatever bowl of ice cream at 10 o'clock at night because your head is wrecked and you're you're hungry and you're angry and lonely and tired. So, I mean, we're all under more pressure. Everybody in the world basically at the moment is under more pressure. And, you know, Paddy Power, I think I don't want to be singling them out specifically, but they're uh, I don't know if it was their annual report or their quarterly report was in the papers yesterday their profits are through the roof right they are through the roof for a reason like all their shops are closed right? mm-hmm. for most of the last year their profits are through the roof this is the same across the board for all the online gambling companies the argument could be made that they're preying on people who are in a vulnerable state because of covid-19 and profiteering from that or certainly they are in profit during a time when a lot of other companies are not in profit let's not call it profiteering but let you know i'm being generous there maybe like we something needs to be done quite drastically i think because like that there's no other addictive product that i can deliver instantaneously bang into your phone into your hand 24 hours a day 365 days a year if you have see a, an ad for Jemison at three o'clock in the morning well sorry buddy unless you've got a bottle of Jemison in the house somewhere you're not getting your hands on one not in Ireland anyway right so you know same with cigarettes you have to get off your arse and go down to the local 24-hour garage or whatever like this stuff is into your hand the second you see the ad bang bang and you're away right it's just a whole other ball game something that we've never seen the likes of before so I think there's there's a urgent need for something radical to change there and it's great to see yourself and and Aon Reardon and I suppose the Labour Party more broadly speaking really getting behind this I mean I don't want to preempt I suppose I should ask the question but I don't want to preempt what what your opponents might come up with but I mean what maybe it's better if I ask you what kind of um opposition are you expecting in relation to this from the legal standpoint yeah well as i said as i said barry at the moment we have a lot of support and 
in fairness to all political parties and um you know they, they see this happening it's not just the labor party are seeing this happening um we have started this com- conversation but other parties are, are are being targeted as well um and when i mean what i mean by targeted is that we're getting phone calls and you know our, our online clinics as they are at the moment they used to be walk-in clinics obviously before uh we're seeing people who have experienced the problem who are now coming to us because maybe the local authority are off them because they haven't paid rent for a period of time and when you develop that conversation you you find out that there's a problem there with gambling and you know that's what's happening it's it's those conversations that public representatives are, are having and yes it has increased since the lockdown I, I don't think anyone would disagree with that and because of those conversations uh, the Labour Party and ourselves uh, we've started the conversation and as I said uh, others in, in the Oireachtas are also asking questions now and want uh, the control of gambling bill to be brought before them as quickly as possible. Uh, we, our intention is to have this bill uh, before them within the next couple of months, so they will have a debate on it. Um, I know in the Shannad on, on Monday last, the leader of the Shannad uh, indicated that uh, the minister responsible had indicated to her that he will become before the Shannad to debate gambling and to, be, to, to, to uh, most importantly, debate the effects of gambling at the moment. So that's positive. Um, because you are right, uh, and Tony is right as well. The conversation needs to happen. The more people talk about this, the more people will know that there is help out there, and they're not alone. Um, I've been contacted by people who have told me that that their partner did not know, um, and I'm sure you guys have a lot more experience in this. But their partner did not know of their gambling problems until the last minute, until they came across that statement from the bank or the letter from the local authority, and then when they sat down to have that conversation. Then it came out, you know, that, that there was that kind of addiction there. Um, so it is very important that we have these conversations. But it's also very important, you know, that we do our job as legislators. And that's our job. Uh, and our job is to legislate. And, you know, we have a gambling control bill uh, being discussed and being talked about since 2013. And we're still <laughs> uh, operating from, from legislation back in the 1950s. So, you know, our job is to legislate. That's what people have put us for there. The Labour Party have brought forward this piece. It has wide support at the moment, uh, and we will be bringing that forward. Uh, but we also need the bigger picture, which will be the control of gambling uh, bill to be brought forward as well. And I think the minister will get a lot of support on that uh, from all parties. Obviously, there will be amendments and add-ins and subtractions. But in generality, you can be sure that the minister will get an awful lot of support for the control of gambling bill, uh, given the problems that we're experiencing through our clinics or online clinics, as I say at the moment, and the amount of people that are contacting us. So, you know. We have a job to do, uh, and in fairness, that's to support the job that, that yourselves are doing on a daily basis. Uh, but our job is to legislate for this, and, and that is important, and it needs to happen quickly. Brilliant. Tony, did you have something there? I suppose just thinking, like, like the conversations are start really starting to happen now. Like, I suppose, in your opinion, why do you think it took so long for this these conversations to really come to the fore? Um you know, because as I said, like the, the the gambling control bill is sitting there, you know, a good few years, seven and a half years now. Why do you think it's it's taken so long? Do you think maybe the the pandemic or the lockdown has accelerated the need for it? But I suppose my question is why why do we need a pandemic to get us started talking about this? Because this has been a problem for I suppose maybe because I'm I'm working in the area or maybe because I've I've experienced harm from it, but this is a problem that's been there before I had an addiction, it's been there before, well, after, since as well. And as I said, like, we're seeing these stories, the real stories of people losing houses, people losing marriages, people losing, losing their livelihoods because of this. And yet the conversation 
should have been started many years ago. Um, so yeah, I think personally, I think it's a bit of a shame that it's taken the pandemic to get us really talking about, but yet we're still not talking about it in the same, in the same kind of way that we're talking about smoking or, or alcohol or drugs. It's still kind of, Usher's just gambling. It's just a bet. That's still kind of, that's my opinion of where the mindset probably still is. It's great that we're talking about, but I suppose it's, it's a shame that it took a pandemic to kind of really bring it to light where it should have been, this should be talked about the whole time. Yeah, look, I, I can't disagree with that, Tony, and I agree. You know, in, in what you said is that, you know, it it is unacceptable to us um, in 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 political life that this has taken since two thousand and thirteen, and we still don't have the control of gambling bill in front of us. Um, but you are right. Um, the pandemic has increased the conversations we've had because, unfortunately, and we're all aware of this, people have just had had, and I would say it's a time because we're running around, we're working, we're getting up, and we're commuting, we're going to work at seven o'clock in the morning, and we're bringing our children out of bed. And we're, we're bringing them to a childcare, etc. And we're back at seven or eight o'clock in the night, and that conversation has not happened, and it hasn't happened politically because basically the people haven't put pressure on. Uh, and you guys have been talking about it, uh, but the generality of the public have not been talking about gambling the way we should have been talking. Yes, uh, I would have got a, a lot of information over a period of time from yourselves and from others involved in the gambling industry, but we would have also got a lot of information for those who are promoting gambling. Uh, and, and you know, that, that, that conversation was happening as well. Uh, but Thankfully, uh, in my opinion, and in the opinion of, uh, of a growing number of those in political life, uh, we've now come to the point where we have to do something about it. And that's our job, as I say. Um, so what we're calling for is support for, for our gambling um, uh, ads ban. And we're also calling on the minister to get the control of gambling bill into the Oireachtas as quickly as possible. Like it's been there, it's been talked about from 2013. We've had this is, will be our third government that have talked about uh, bringing in such a bill yet the problems you are seeing are increasing and have increased substantially since lockdown. So uh, I can't disagree with you. Um, this should have happened a long time ago. Uh, I, as, as we, we talked in our introduction, I got, I got uh, elected to the Oireachtas or the Shannon um, last March stroke April. So um, since I've come in, these are the issues that, that, that are affecting the people I represent. And that's why I'm having this conversation and bringing this forward along with other members of the Labour Party. So I, I think the other, and I suppose to sum it all up, the time for conversations, maybe from a legislative point of view, has got to stop, and now we need to see see the action. And that's why this bill will be before people within the next couple of months. And most importantly, then, we have to see the control of gambling bill because every day that goes past, and again, uh, the people I speak to, like yourselves, are saying uh, we're getting seen an increase in the amount of people that are being affected, family lives are being disrupted, uh, you know, work colleagues are seen in, in their workplaces. Uh, so we can't continue on this road. Um, you know, uh, uh, Barry has mentioned the, the, the profits yesterday, and I think the profits online uh, for most of those companies now are over 75 to 80% of their profits are coming from their online. And that just shows you the effect of the, the lockdown has had that people are at home and unfortunately they're gambling uh, online more and more. So the conversation, it's great that we're having the conversation, but we've had these before and that's that's what you're indicating, Tony. Now we need action. And uh, uh, that's what the Labour Party have recognised in bringing forward the bill that we will bring forward. Uh, and we're also calling the government and, and ensuring the government, as I said previously, that we will support a control of gambling bill. And I think they shouldn't be afraid uh, in bringing forward this bill because uh, from the conversations I've had right across all the political groups and indeed parties, there is widespread support on doing something with this now. And we can't wait any longer, you know. Yeah, I suppose, like, just to touch on what you said there, it is that it is the hidden nature of it mm -hmm. that people don't talk about, people don't bring it to clinics. Um, and maybe it has, 
come to more kind of come to light more i suppose over the last couple of months because um people probably can't hide it as much people probably have gone as if the profits suggest people maybe are doing it a lot more mm-hmm. and you know like online is a different animal and uh, when it comes to being addicted to it is it's like a it's like a different addiction um so it does it, it the addictive nature of it can accelerate the problem a lot quicker so maybe over the last year people who may have been at risk maybe developed problems and then become disordered fairly quickly so i think it's it's like it's we've often spoke about this before like it's 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 one thing myself or niall mcnamee or Rushi mcconville talking about our stories because people say oh, that wouldn't happen to us mm-hmm. it's happening every single day i'm off the phone i've been on the phone all morning to um family members to people affected by it um, but it's good that people are starting to talk about or seek that support, I suppose, because, you know, it's I think the stat is, is Barry might correct me in this, but I think it's one percent of people with a problem will only present for support because it's still stigmatized. It's still that taboo around it. Um, and that's why we need the education and the awareness. And that's what, you know, no, your party's conversations, your conversation have started to talk, get those conversations going more and more, which is what we need. We need. We need people talking about this in the same way as we talk about other health issues and and that's i suppose that is the probably the one good thing that's come out of i suppose from a maybe a selfish point of view or from from gambling point of view maybe if there's one thing that comes out of the pandemic is that people will might maybe talk about this a little bit more and um, which is huge i think we we need to be having these conversations we need people you know going into the clinic saying how this has impacted them and putting pressure on their under politicians people that they've elected to support them to get these conversations started at a higher level and it does seem like in fairness it does seem like that is really starting to happen so um i know we said barry have seen false dawns before um but it does seem a little bit different this time so we'll cross our fingers legs and arms that um you know we, we do get this over the line as soon as possible because every single day out there at the moment um there's just people within a couple of miles of each of us at the moment struggling with this and families are being devastated by this day in day out and that has to stop. That has to. That has to change. Yep. Yeah, and I, like I suppose if you're listening to this, dear listener, and maybe you're a bit more libertarian than I than I am, maybe you're thinking, "Oh, nanny stage, boo, and more controls and big government and blah blah blah." Just bear in mind, right? That like the European School Survey, which was done just over two years ago, which surveys fifteen and sixteen year old school children across Europe. They found that Irish males in that age group had just over twice the problem gambling prevalence rate of the general population. So not the gambling rate, not their just gam- not their gambling activity, but they actually that they were meeting the diagnostic criteria for having a gambling problem at age fifteen to sixteen. That is double the rate of the general population. Right, this is what we're storing up. There's another study we had Stephen Cashman on. Uh, did a study with about 400, between four and 500 third level students. One in 10 of the males in, in his study had a gambling problem. That's over 10 times the general population. All of these 90 odd percent of them were aged between 18 and 24. This is what happens when you take an over 18s product that is highly addictive to some people, just like alcohol is highly addictive to some people. And you advertise it at any time of the day or night with no health warnings on it. You connect it with something that is very healthy, like sport, and then you normalize it and you make all these positive associations about it. The government does no public health advertising about it at all. 
to independently warn people about the risks associated with it. This is what happens, right? So something has to give here, you know, and if that means that it's a bit more nanny statism, like from my perspective, right, I think, you know, it's it's a cliche at this stage where organizations like ours are talking to politicians and jumping up and down and waving their arms and going, won't somebody please think of the children? But in all seriousness, this is what we're talking about here. This is what we're talking about here. And none of us want our kids becoming addicted to anything. Tony, sorry. Yeah, it's coming. I suppose I challenge anyone who who is in that kind of the cohort of people to say this is Nanny's day to to kind of get on the end of our helplines and listen to the devastation caused, listen to the mother crying at nine o'clock in the morning about how her son can't get out of bed or how her son has stolen their savings or same as your in your own kind of clinics mark for anyone to sit in on those conversations because they are harrowing because because it's so hidden the people only present when they're at that rock bottom place where they're at risk of losing the house where they're at risk of losing their marriage or their children or their relationships and it's that's the that's the bit that really as as we all say is the hidden addiction it only presents at that rock bottom place mine presented when I had stolen money and, you know, and mine presented when it was kind of, I, I finally got cut out cause I stayed going until, cause I wanted to gamble my way out of this or fix the problem. Um, and take the few zeros off my story. That's everyone will associate 99% of the stories are people that they, they feel they can't look for help or they feel that it's, it's, it's a weakness to look for help for gambling because it's, it's just a bit of fun. And I, I challenge anyone who has that opinion of gambling. Again, we're not anti-gambling, but I challenge anyone to listen to a few of these stories just to get a, a rounded perspective or a balanced view of the, the impact that this can have on some families. Yeah, and I, I suppose just to add to that, Barry, if I if I can, like, you know, the, the Labour Party and, and myself, we're, we're not anti-gambling either, um, but we just need to look at what's happening in this country at the moment. And, you know, both yourself and Antoni have indicated about the younger population that are getting involved. And one of the issues that's come up here uh, previously in a lot of conversations with people that there was a kind of a social control in relation going to the local bookies in relation to put on your bet and people saw you and your neighbour was there and all that was fed back to your parents, etc. But now, as we're both saying... Uh, and all three of us are saying, should I say, uh, this is now developed into, you know, uh, uh, online and developed into that laptop, developed into the, the mobile phone. And the gambling companies will portray that this is a great social uh, event. You know, their advertising will show where there's four or five meeting together and they're having the crack, to say the least, in relation to that. But reality, and you'll notice too well, is that it is actually somebody sitting alone, maybe in their bedroom or on their couch that is actually involved in this. Uh, and that's what's happening. And there's no crack involved in it. And, you know, look, in fairness, that's what we want to address. Um, you know, that's why we're trying to bring in this piece of legislation. Uh, as I say, we're not anti-gambling, but we just want the conversation to be had. And most importantly, we want, you know, to reduce that damage that's been done to basically our younger population and also feeding into the older generations after that. Yeah, and I mean, it's there is, I mean, you mentioned the, the support there from the other parties, but I mean, you have the support of obviously ourselves. We're quite a small organization, but we, we're we 100% behind what you're doing. Um, you have the the Irish College of Psychiatrists, you have the Union of Students in Ireland, which is, is over 300,000 members, and they will be a very much at-risk cohort, that age group that would make up most of the Union of Students in Ireland. Um, 
were the, are the GAA behind it? I know you had Oshin on. Yeah, look, we we've spoken to a number of the, 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 we haven't spoken directly to GAA, but yeah, Oshina have now McNamee. We we've spoken. T- David Lennon has been on supporting it on local radio. Like I've done a number of local radios, and it's very interesting to have that conversation locally as well. Um, you know, and uh, and I did, you know, I had a conversation with with Davy on, on on his local radio, and he was able to give his experience, which which Tony has shared with us today as well. And you know, that's that's the experiences, the lived experiences that's very important in this conversation uh, that there is somebody else there that has gone through this uh, you know so look the conversations are happening uh, throughout the country and um, the phone calls are coming in as i say um, but like i would uh, uh, challenge anybody that that's talking about in any state here this is nothing to do with this this is to try to help people um you know anybody that wants to 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 read uh, some of the the conversations i've had through email through text message from people who've been affected by this and their loved ones as well uh, you know like that could change any attitude you have this is a problem in Ireland at the moment and, and legislation needs to come in to address it. Yeah, and I mean, people tend to forget that nanny statism brought us things like seatbelts in cars and, you know, alcohol. Like I remember somebody put up on Twitter, I think that the alcohol limit back in the 1970s was like seven pints of beer or something. Absolutely crazy when you think about it. Plus no seatbelts. Like it brought in the smoking ban in pubs. Both Tony and I worked as bartenders for a long time in absolutely toxic environments, right? They were just smoke-filled rooms. They were absolutely horrible. So the nanny state does a lot of good stuff as well. It's important that people remember that or those kind of approaches. Um, Now, I suppose people can be listening to this podcast at any time in the future, but if you're listening to it uh, this week, I think your consultation process ends. Is it this weekend? Yeah, the, oh, that, that, that's that's what we're aiming for, Barry. We've had a very good response to it. Um, obviously, as I said at the start of our conversation, we would like as many people as possible to take part. As I said, it's very important that we get your views in relation to this uh, and your experience, your lived experiences as well. Um, it's, it's it's at labour.ie backslash gambling. Um, as I say, we, we will uh, and are aiming for this to, to, to finish uh, at this weekend. And then, you know, we want to finalise our draft bill next week and then start presenting it into the Shannon as quickly as possible after that and, and get a response from other government uh, parties and, and non-government parties alike. So that's our plan. Um, the response has been very good uh, for, from throughout the country, in fairness. And, uh, you know, we would encourage, again, as many people to get involved uh, with that as possible. So that, if you're listening to this in real time or the next couple of days, that would be the 7th of March 2021. That consultation process would close. That'd be right, because just... Yeah. We're, obviously this isn't a live broadcast people could be listening to this in 10 years time or whatever um and i suppose okay again the the legislative process can be like a slow bicycle race sometimes but i mean what would be your best guess on a best case scenario for seeing something like this enacted if, if you had a, a fair wind behind you well, well the, fair, the fair wind will have to come from government barry and uh you know as i said that we've already have government senators out on, on, on in in through the houses of the rock to saying that they need some legislation on this we're going to provide that for them and then if the government supported this can be enacted very quickly uh we all saw what happened in relation to what has been termed as coca's law that that was actually initiated uh, by brendan howland back in 2017 i think but within three months of, of last year 
it was enacted by government through the various stages. So with the government will in this, this can be enacted very, very quickly. And I would be calling on everybody to support this, uh, but most importantly, government party. So if, they, if the government can support this, it can be brought through the various stages of the Shannon and into the Rockets very quickly. And we can see an enactment within a couple of months. And that's what's needed here. Um, there's no doubt about that. This is the first stage in a in a legislative uh, conversation around gambling. Uh, and I believe that this is the most important stage and a lot of others believe that too. So that's our aim. Our aim is to have this uh, draft legislation finalised, introduced uh, within the next week or so. Uh, and we will be coming back to yourselves and indeed everybody that you mentioned in relation to that to try and promote it and get it out there. But uh, thankfully, at the moment, it has widespread support through the political community. Brilliant. Any thoughts before we finish up, Tony, anything you wanted to jump in there with? Yeah, I just urge people to fill in the um, the survey. i done it there a couple of uh, days ago. It only takes a few minutes to fill in. And just like, even if it's something that doesn't affect you, um, fill in the survey might have an impact where it might help or even save someone's life down the line. Um, so I'd urge anyone to kind of, if they can, to just fill it up and get to keep this conversation going. And, and fair play to yourself and Aon for you know, for forgetting, for continuing to kind of push this and forgetting these conversations start, because I think it's it's really hugely important that we have the people who can make these changes at a higher level really talking about it and getting things going. So, again, thanks for coming on to explain more to us about it, but also for um, for pushing this and for and for having an interest in it, because for many years, it just feels like we're, sometimes we're, we're fighting a lone battle at times. So the more people that we can get, talking about this and trying to make changes the better it is and it will have an impact on people's lives on the line anything that we missed out on there mark that we should ask you or that you want to get out to people no look i I suppose that the headline figure for me has always been the 9.8 billion that we spent in 2019 on gambling that just shows you how much money we're actually spending in this country on gambling um and you know as aon said the other day that's equivalent to what we spend on education in this country which was a frightening statistic for me so we're spending actually a small little bit more on gambling than we are on education and that 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 is always frightening but look i just want to thank both of you for the work you do uh, as i said on on a couple of of uh, podcasts, etc., that on interviews I've been on, it's important that people know that there is help out there. Uh, and you know, you, you've said you're very small, but you carry out a very important function uh, at the moment in helping people. So thank you, uh, you know, for for the work that you do. And uh, you know, look, hopefully working together, we can get that conversation going. And most importantly, as we all want, we can get the legislation enacted as quickly as possible. Yeah, let's hope for the fair wind and. Uh... <laughs> A few more things falling in place. And I suppose it is important to remember, I always call it a donation to the, the gambling industry or the Paddy Power, putting Paddy Power's kids through college fund of uh, 10,000 euros a minute, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So think about that for a second. That's that's one way that we can spend our money or we could spend it in lots of other ways as well. You know, worth thinking about. But listen, Senator Mark Wall of the Labour Party, Thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much for driving this on because as, as Tony said there, um, you know, there have been a few politicians interested in this area over the years, um, but not very many. And I suppose it's where you see the action, you know, you see the words being put into action, you see actual legislation being put forward, a big drive to, to, to kind of get it across the line. Uh, that's the big difference. So thanks so much uh, to yourself and your colleagues for all the, the great work you're doing there. That's it for this week, folks. Tune in next week where God knows what we'll be talking about. <laughs> Probably something to do with gambling, I imagine. Listen, thanks a million, Mark. 
Thanks, Take care. That's delighted. Thank you. Thanks for your time. If you would like to support this podcast, as well as our frontline treatment, prevention and helpline services, please consider donating €5 Euros per month using the link in the episode description. Thank you.